Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. What is going on, everyone? Hope y'all had an amazing weekend. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. First off, have to send out thoughts and prayers to everyone down in Florida affected by Hurricane Ian. Man, some of those images and video that came out of there were absolutely insane, you know, especially around the Fort Myers area. I mean, we got hit pretty hard here with Hurricane Fiona last week, and and there's still some people without power right now, which for here is pretty crazy. But the, the impacts of Ian down there are going to be felt for months, I dare say. So again, thinking of your Floridians, hope you get back somewhat sense of normalcy here soon. I'm sure you will. Well, the OTC Player of the Week is back. With fall ball starting up, I figured why not bring it back and shine a light on those that have great weeks in our awesome game. This week's comes to us from the Texas Fusion Gold 18U Club as Ava Dennis takes home the honors. Ava hit 688 with a double, triple, five RBIs, and seven runs scored while playing at the 8th Annual Texas Fusion Showcase last weekend. Fantastic job, Ava. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with the University of Alabama alum, 2016 All-American, and the owner of one of the best curveballs in the game, Sydney Little John Watkins. Sid had a stellar four years with the Crimson Tide at University of Alabama. She was a four-year letter winner, raking up 67 wins and a career 1.77 ERA, which puts her ranked sixth of all time in program history for both those stats. Like I mentioned earlier, she was a 2016 NFCA All-American, as well as NFCA All-Region First Team. She was also the first player to throw a perfect game at Rhodes Stadium. Sid would then take some time off before making a return in the Netherlands for the Euro Cup in 2021 and place in third. She'd then move on to AUX this past spring and play so well it earned her a contract for season three of AU in Chicago that finished up in August. Sid's currently working as a registered dietitian at the University of Florida. We're going to talk to Sid about getting her start in the game back in Texas, her time at Alabama, the journey back to the game she had after retirement, and of course her time with Athletes Unlimited. Sid was an absolute treat to chat with. I can't thank her enough for taking time to come on and chat, you know, especially the day before a massive hurricane was on its way. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Here we go. 
We are so happy to have on with us today, University of Alabama alum, 2016 All-American, Athletes Unlimited star, and the owner of the best curveball I've ever seen in our game, Sydney Littlejohn Watkins. Sid, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm so honored and flattered and excited to be a part. Oh, that's awesome. How's uh, how's things going down in Florida? I mean, we touched on it a little bit before we start recording. Got a hurricane coming. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a hurricane coming tomorrow. But, you know, other than that, it, it's been great. You know, my husband and I, we've been married for over three years now, um, working on our fourth. But, you know, we've lived in four states in those three years. And Gainesville so far is probably my favorite place that we've lived. Nice. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, we just... uh we just went through a hurricane here in, in Nova Scotia, Canada. Imagine that we're, we're getting a hurricane, but, uh, we just got our power back yesterday and, you know, there was a fair bit of damage, but you know, Hey, we got to get used to that stuff now. Um, yeah. you touched on your husband with university of, uh, Florida Gators football. You guys, uh, you guys both work for the Gators, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I, um, whenever we first moved here, I was working with football as a part-time dietitian, but I recently accepted a job actually while I was at Athletes Unlimited to be the campus dietitian for the entire University of Florida. And oh. um, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, so, you know, I'm still a dietitian, of course, mm -hmm. all those things, but now instead of working with the athletes, I'm working with the entire campus. So faculty, staff, students, you know, everybody. Oh, wow. And then, um, you know, he is a strength conditioning coach for football here. Right so. on, right on. Yeah. College football, that's in full, full, full season down there right now. eh? Yes. And, you know, it's such a weird year for college football. I feel like, you know, everybody is either getting beat, you know, close games. And I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's just, oh, my anxiety is, is going crazy. You know, I mean, every game is such a tight game. I can't handle it. Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, we I, we get to see it on TV here, but how how crazy is that environment? I mean, you know, especially being, and before we were here, we were at Mississippi State for the past couple of years. So being in the SEC, it's a very intense environment. And, you know, it's a volatile one too. So, you know, while you have people out there, you know, that say to me like, Oh my God, like that y'all live such a, a cool life. Like that's so, you know, special that y'all get to do that. You know, y'all are lucky you get to do that. And don't get me wrong. We are extremely fortunate, extremely blessed, but you know, with being in the sec, it is so volatile. Like there are some games, you know, that you just, you can't lose. And, you know, it comes down to it like the month of December, you know, it's a happy time because of Christmas and everything else, but it's also the time of, okay, are we going to be here in a couple of months? Are we moving? <laughs> are we not moving? Like, is the coach staying? You know, because if anything like that happens, you know, it puts our life, I'm not going to say in jeopardy because that's not the correct word, but like where sometimes we have to make a change and, you know, you just never know that's coming. So there's always a sense of unknown. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't know that go on in the athletic department that, you know, you don't have control over. And so, you know, I think it's crazy that we put, you know, our livelihood in the hands of 18 to 22 year old boys, but you know, they handle it well. I mean, they respect it. You know, these guys here are awesome. Like we, and the guys at Mississippi state too, like everywhere we've been, the players are absolutely amazing and treat us so well. I mean, they are our family, but it's a stressful lifestyle. That's for sure. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt at all. I mean, so like the contract that your husband would assign, is that like a, is it a, a year to year basis thing or is it, 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty that, much. That I makes mean, sense. I mean, of course, you know, head coaches contract, you know, they'll get extension for right. seven years or so, but that, that doesn't trickle down to support staff. So, you know, strength staff is year to year support staff mm-hmm. is year to year, you know, everybody else doesn't quite get that extension. I mean, it's, it's one of those that whenever a head coach gets an extension, the staff kind of breathes a sigh of relief, like, okay, we bought ourselves <laughs> some more time, you know, to, to work through some things, but it's just, you, you just never know. Right. And that's what, you know, but that's also the joyful part about it. Like we, after last season, we didn't know we were going to be coming to Florida. You know, we got the call and, you know, Alex knew some people here that he would potentially be working with. And, you know, he actually said no the first couple of times, but you know, they, they kept coming back. And so, <laughs> you know, having that opportunity, you know, that's the exciting part of it. It's just, you know, there's high highs and low lows. Cause yeah. I mean, you even look back to, you know, a few months before, actually it was one month before we got married. Um, the head coach at Texas Southern was let go, meaning that by association, my husband was let go and was jobless for, you know, seven months. Ooh. And so again, we've been on both sides of it. And yeah. so it's just, you never know which way it's going to turn. So it's quite an industry to be a part of. Oh, I guess it is. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Well, before we get on with your career, I, uh, we have a little thing that we like to do on, on the podcast here. We call it quick pitches. I'm going to throw out some random questions to you and, uh, okay. <laughs> you answer, you answer them as best you can. All right. I'm ready. All right. First one. If you had to live off one meal for a week, what is it? Pizza, because I've done it before. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. With pepperonis and jalapenos specifically. Oh, delicious. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Uh, biggest thing you miss at University of Alabama? The people. Okay. If you could pick one place to go on vacation, where would it be? Uh, you know, I would love to take my husband to Amsterdam. Actually, I, I asked, I always ask that question on here and mine number one's always been Italy and I saw you've been to Italy. Yeah. Venice, wasn't it? Yeah. You've been to Venice and that, oh, I would love to go to Venice. How you is know, it? Not, not knocking Venice because it was wonderful, but I'm one of those, I'm going to hype up the Netherlands more. I think the Netherlands is extremely underrated. Oh, so really? I, I pick the Netherlands, but if I was going to go there again, I would I would still go to the Netherlands before I go back to Venice. Okay, well I'm sure we're going to be talking about the Netherlands later on here. So <laughs> good plug. Uh, if you could go back and play one game over again, which one is it? Uh, Super Regionals, my freshman year against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. It was a 13 inning game, and all the freshmen, which I was a freshman at that time, all four of us played a major part in it. So. Nice, right on, good one. Uh, what's your go-to show to binge watch? Ooh, I have a couple cause I'm definitely like really big on Grey's Anatomy, but depending on the time of the year, if the bachelorette's on, you know, or yep. if there's a new season of stranger things, <sighs> stranger things. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. This is, yeah, that, that last, pa- the past season that just went by, I was like, oh, I can't wait for the, yeah. for the next one. Yeah. Uh, two more here. In one word, describe the atmosphere at Rhodes. Electric. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> I figured <laughs> that's what it was going to be. Actually, <laughs> is it really like like it's crazy to play there, eh? It, it is, and you know, especially those tight games. You know, there's like this. 
I don't want to say tense, but there's definitely a, an energy that's felt around the stadium because everybody there knows that, you know, if you're, especially like at super regionals, everyone knows how important those games are. So there's already this energy in the stadium, this tenseness this of excitement of like, what's going to happen. And so it's like every little thing that happens, you get a much bigger reaction than you would expect. And hmm. so it just, it, and you thrive off of it too. I mean, that's, that's why you go to a place like Alabama is to, to feel that energy. Right on. Plus you got Emily there, uh, cheering you on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, last one here. Why do you hate lizards so much? <laughs> to me, they are snakes with legs. And I just believe that they are a spawn of Satan. I do not like them. And of course I live in Florida. I was just about to there's say there's a lizard with every step. And I don't like them either because if you hear them in the bushes, like whenever I'm walking my dogs, they sound like they're 10 pounds. And they're not even more than three inches long. I just I can't. Oh, that's hilarious. Actually, I I feel bad for you, actually, because having that phobia and then having to walk your dog and, and I know what it's like walking in Florida and that's one actually one of the first things I ever noticed when I was down there is like, wow, look at them running all over the place here. Yeah. And I will say, you know, I'm getting that. Be- I'm not gonna say I'm getting better with the fear, but I'm getting better with them being around. But I, I still will avoid them at all costs. <laughs> I, I don't want them anywhere. If there's one like in front of our door to get in the house, I'm like, Alex, <laughs> this, this is your time, buddy. You know, I take care of the spiders because, you know, they bother me, but I'll get rid of the spiders, whereas he takes care of the lizards because I, I can't handle those. Nice, nice. All right, let's get to your career. So <laughs> as with, you know, every guest that we have on here, we like to take it back to the beginning. Tell us how uh, Little Sid got her start in the game. Oh, goodness. Uh, little Sid, what what a character she was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> little Sid was involved in T-ball and, you know, all of those things growing up. And I mean, I was in twirling, swimming, cheerleading, all, all of the things. So I will say I had a wonderful childhood. You know, I grew up in a very small town. There was farmland all around me. So, you know, I was always around animals, always doing different sports. And after T-ball, I kind of got away from softball for a little bit. Um, Not because of anything. It's just my parents were like, okay, you got to pick, are you doing cheerleading, twirling, what softball, what are you doing? And at the time my sister was twirling in college. So it's like, I was like, Oh, I want to be like my sister. Like I'm going to twirl. What, wait, what's so, twirling? Uh, the, the little things with the batons. Oh, okay. 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 I got gotcha. you. Yep. They, they're usually with the band, the right. band throwing those things up in the air. Yep. Um, so I was doing that for a little bit and then, you know, I, I got back into softball with like the, little league city little league and was doing coach pitch got into real life fast pitch and you know i got involved in travel ball and i honestly i can't tell you why i got involved in travel ball <laughs> other than my whenever i say that i mean like i don't know why my parents put me in it other than you know i was socially awkward um i wanted things to do with my friends and a lot of my friends played on a travel ball team and so I got on the team and, you know, it, God bless my parents. Cause I'm sure that they were just looking for something for me to do. That <laughs> was a very energetic child, always involved in stuff. But, you know, I, I was that kid that played two innings in a game because it was a rule. I wasn't good. I would get my two innings in right field, miss a pop-up, you know, I, I could hit, I could hit. So that's where I would contribute. Um, but you know, it just wasn't really 
it was just something I did. But I was also the kid that was over there. I was a great cheerleader. I had my little soda over there drinking a Dr. Pepper, everybody <laughs> on. Like I was having fun. I was hanging out with people. I was becoming more social. So it was great. And then, you know, I, I got to where I was like, okay, like this is fun and all, but like I kind of want to play. <laughs> so mm. what can I do? But whenever I tell you I was awkward, you know, it's one of those, I wasn't tall yet, but everyone knew I was going to be tall because of the size of my hands and the size of my feet. (laughs) They were huge. So I was extremely clumsy. I just very awkward, long, lanky, but still not that tall yet. And so one of my coaches was like, you know what, Sydney? And his daughter was a pitcher. Um, And I was over, I was staying over at their house for like a week long camp of some sort. Um, Again, just my parents trying to get me out of the house. (laughs) Um, And I don't blame them. But it was, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, why don't you try pitching? Like, you're going to be tall. You're going to have long arms. You already have big hands. Like, why not just try it? And I tried it, you know, I wasn't too good at it, but you know, we, it was something where like, I liked it. It was fun. And so I remember going home and telling my parents, I wanted to take pitching lessons and they laughed at me. They were like, yeah, right. Um, cause I mean, again, I don't blame them because I was not good at softball. I was not athletic in the least. Wow. But they're like, okay, um, sure. Cause you know, it's at that point I'm, I'm 12 years old. And so it's like all the pitchers have already started pitching. Oh really? Wow. And have been pitching, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was, it, I was late to the game literally, wow. <laughs> but, and then I just, I kept harping, kept begging for it. And so we started with like a local high school girl just kind of showing me how it was done. And then I ended up going to um, Coach Bob Phelps. He lives in Illinois now, but uh, at the time he lived in Tyler, which at that time, my parents thought driving an hour to pitching lessons was absurd. But we did it. We did it (laughs) once a week. Because again, I, it was weird because it was like, I didn't, I was not coordinated at all in the least, but something was working while I was yeah. pitching. So I'm not going to say I had it right away, but it was coming easier to me than playing the outfield. You know, yeah, oh. I couldn't see the ball. So Hey, I know for, I'm a pitcher as well, and I cannot play the, I cannot judge it. I cannot, if a ball is hit to the, yeah, depth reception. If you, if there's an, a pot fly in the infield, not a problem, but have outfield and it's i think it's like the time from it hits the bat and trying to judge where it's going to go i'm like nope (laughs) yeah no i have not even on the ones on the infield just because my depth perception is so bad i literally will point at it and run the opposite way (laughs) please unless it's like a little like kind of one of those weird line drive pop-ups that's about the same height as me i can do those but the ones that actually go up in there i'm like nope no thank you yeah good point yeah good point i'm like yeah first or third you can take this one yeah go ahead yes exactly (laughs) and um but you know it's I I stuck with it and then you know I got to high school and I was still playing travel ball I was on you know I started so I can't remember it was my freshman year in high school I believe I started playing on a team out of Dallas which is three hours and so you know, my parents were like, wow, we are those crazy people that <laughs> drive on weekends, three hours, one way to go to team practice. But again, and you know, it's something that I didn't realize it was such a big deal then, but now I'm like, wow, literally my parents were insane. Cause if my, if I don't have kids, mm. but if my dog was wanting to go to dog training three hours away, <laughs> I would be like, absolutely not. Yeah. But 
you know, we can find something just as good closer, but you know, they, so I really have to credit them because I don't know how they did it, but they did. And so it worked out and, you know, but going through high school, Mm. especially my freshman to sophomore year, um, coach Bob, my pitching coach moved. So then it was, and then I moved to Texas glory. So then on Saturdays, we were driving three hours to Houston to go do three hours one way, mind you, to go do a pitching lesson with Amanda Scarborough and then driving back home. And then on Sundays, we were driving three hours to Dallas McKinney area um, for team practice and then three hours on the way home. So again, my parents, insane. Um, But, you know, again, they sacrificed so much. And then really my sophomore year of college is, you know, my, let me go back. I'm so sorry. My (laughs) freshman year, I never even really, I'm not gonna say I didn't know of college softball, but I was like, oh yeah, well that's cool. But like, that's not for me. Like I'm over here just trying to make varsity. Like that's all that matters to me at this point. And I did by the skin of my teeth. But then my sophomore year comes around and, you know, we're playing travel ball tournaments and people start talking about recruiting. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) And, you know, we start getting some attention and, I guess then is kind of whenever I realized that playing college softball was even an option. You know, I planned on going to a local school where my sister went to school, Stephen F. Austin State University. And again, that that is not knocking that people who did because it's a great school. It's just that's kind of what I had imagined. That's what everybody in my town did. They either went to A&M or TJC or Stephen F. Austin. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, yeah, I'll be going to Stephen F. Austin. Like I have connections there because my sister went there. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I had planned. And then here comes softball knocking at my door. And then it's like, you know, I start having conversations with my coaches, one specifically, um, Ed Nadine, and then Tracy Beard, who has now passed. He had ALS. Um, But he was also one of my coaches through high school. And, you know, I was playing for Ed in 16 under whenever I committed to Alabama, but I was about to move up to the 18 under team. So the whole organization, you know, we talked as a whole, but you know, they sat me down many a times and they're like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, wow, I am 15. I don't know. I am 15, 16. I don't know. And so, you know, we started making lists as far as, you know, do you, one, is college softball something you wanted to do? And I mean, I, I'm a nerd about softball. I love the game. Mm. And so like, I would love to keep playing. And then it was, okay. They, they told me, they're like, we know that you are extremely competitive because you make everything in competition, even whenever it doesn't need to be, which is still true to this day. I have a lot of secret (laughs) competitions with people and they don't even know about it. But, um, you know, they're, they're like, so, you know, we think, and two, with my size uh, and what I was able to do, they're like, you know, we think division one really could be an option for you. And I was just like, wow, you really think that? Because I was not thinking that. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, so they kind of, they had to sit me down a few times just because, you know, I was a small town girl and, you know, my parents, again, they did absolutely everything they could. But to us, we were just like, you know, this is something that we're doing. And yes, it's something I'm good at. But like, is this something real? Like, are you, we were just like, are you know, are you joking with us? I mean, obviously you're sitting us down. So you're not joking, but like, is this for real? Yeah. Trying to process everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you trying to sell us on something? And so, 
you know, we sat down and then I started getting, um, I, I wasn't getting calls because I was just a sophomore, but I was receiving interest like via my travel ball coaches from other coaches. And the summer after my sophomore year, I started getting offers and going on visits. And I was just like, wow. So then, you know, I made my list of what I wanted in the school and every, a lot of things on that list, uh, matched with the university of Alabama. And I mean, the rest is just history. Yeah. Were there other schools in the running or? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I would say my, my top ones were, I, I was really high on Mississippi state. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, Van at that time had just moved over there as a head coach. And I, I really liked Van. Right. So me and her bonded really well. So I was I was really considering Mississippi State. I really liked the University of Arkansas. Um, I really liked Illinois, even though the cold did scare me. So it's one of those, like, I didn't think that was, like, a real option. But I really loved the coaching staff there at the time. Right. Um, so, you know, there was, there was definitely some options there. I had decided early on that I did want to go kind of far away from home. Mm. Um, not, not because of anything negative, but I just know the type of, per I knew the type of person that I am. Whereas if I did go somewhere close to home, I would be at home every weekend trying to keep up with my high school friends right? Yeah. rather than really investing into the team and into the present moment. So I was like, if I'm really going to do this, I need to be in a place where I can fully invest. And to do that, I needed to get away from home. Yeah, makes sense. So what was it about Alabama that drew you there? One, the competition. Um, I loved the competition there. And um, it's a funny story. I actually went on a visit there before PGF Nationals, summer after my sophomore year. And Murph had told me that it was between me and two other pitchers and they were going to test our, not test, but like they were going to kind of view our, how we performed at PGF. Cause all three of us were going to PGF and then they would make a decision on who they offered. And for lack of better words, that pissed me off. <laughs> no pressure either. Um, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wrote him a six page letter telling him why I was the one that he wanted. Um, and you know, that year at PGF nationals, we made, I pitched every game because I was the only uncommitted pitcher. And Ed Nadine was like, we're getting you committed. We're, we are getting you committed. Oh, good on We it. lost the first game, went all the way through the losers bracket to the championship game. Oh, now wow. we did lose the championship, nice. so we couldn't figure it out, but you know, it wasn't a, a miracle ending, but well, it's still a good I run mean, though. Oh, it's, I think it's one of the, if it's not the best in program history, it's one of the best. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I pitched like every game going into that. So, you know, I, I like that he challenged me, hmm. you know, I, I appreciated that. I mean, of course at the time it pissed me off, but then looking back, I'm like, I really appreciate that challenge because that's what ignited a fire in me and brought out the best in me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I knew if he saw that, then he knew how to coach me. Um, and then, I mean, just really all of the coaches I really loved, I really bonded with all of them. And then what's cool about Alabama is that there's no pro teams in the state of Alabama. So the people in Alabama are really invested in the college athletics. Ext I mean, obviously we all know, mm. but you know, the people in the state of Alabama really, you know, are focused on the universities, on the well-being of student athletes. And there's a lot of support for athletics mm -hmm. in the state of Alabama. And so that those were some other reasons I wanted to go. And then, 
just overall, you were very supported by academics. You had people in a career center to help you. You had just all the resources that you could need. And so all of those things together. And plus, there was just a feeling whenever I went there, I was like, I just, I feel like this is a place where I can thrive. Right. Not that the other places I didn't feel that. I enjoyed all of my visits, but it was it was just something different. Right. Now, what's the biggest thing to remember arriving freshman year? Was it like big adjustment, overwhelming? What was it? Uh, you know, it was. Um, honestly, I would say the biggest adjustment was adjusting to computers. <laughs> I know that <laughs> sounds crazy, but, you know, growing up, you know, we didn't even get a computer or I didn't have a computer in my house until high school. And at that point, it was dial up Internet. So I've never used it. You know, we didn't have school laptops. We didn't have that stuff. We just had like the big old desktops that you know you see in like all the old movies. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm from a very rural area. And so I remember my first college test was a math test and it was on a computer, on a laptop. And I failed the test. Not because I had the wrong answers, because I made the che the test checker come check the answers. I had the right answers, but it was like I, I had a space before the answer. Like, it was all, like, technical errors. <laughs> and I just remember I was bawling my eyes out because they were like, well, we may can give you half credit. It's going to be up to your professor. But, like, yeah, you had the right answers, but you entered them in incorrectly in the computer. Or, you know, and sometimes in the computer, it's like you still have to show your work. So I just had trouble typing all of that out. And I just remember calling them all and I was like, I'm going to fail college. <laughs> like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and that's when, that's when you tell your tell your professor, you're like, I don't know how to use a computer. And they're like, yes. come on, you do so. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, you know, that was an adjustment. And then just, you know, of course, the workouts were an adjustment. The team practices were an adjustment, but it wasn't that in itself it was the tempo that you go at right it was like the game was moving much faster so i had to learn how to slow the game down yeah that makes total sense now yeah. actually when you when you would have arrived there that's right in kickoff for football season obviously because i mean you're in it now what uh alabama has a huge football program do they not oh absolutely yeah so i'm the best what was that that first time uh seeing that what was that like Oh, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I grew up, you know, Texas. Well, I guess, yeah, growing in Texas, yeah. Also, I would say it's also a big deal. So, yeah. you know, that was a big deal to me, too, whenever I was being recruited. Not necessarily that, I, you know, that the school had to have football, but the fact that they had it and it was so big, mm. uh, you know, it was just, it added, it was like icing on the cake, put right. it that way. Right but, on. you know, going to those games and being able to bond with your team, do it, doing all of that. So really going to all the athletic events was mm. a super fun experience. And I mean, the thing about, and again, this is during my time at Alabama, but it just, you know, the athletes there, and I'm sure it was like this at other schools too, but I mean, it's like y'all all are in the same boat. So getting to, you know, see the people that you know, and you grow to love and you build a friendship with, go out there and compete and do well is such an, you know, it's a rewarding feeling and you're like, and you know, it gives you that, that sense of, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, you're just so proud of them. And, you know, you know, your friend scores a touchdown and you're like, that's my friend. And, you know, it just gives you this <laughs> sense of pride. Yeah. 
to wear that A and be a part of such an amazing tradition. Awesome. Now, I have something that I like to ask all my NCAA guests that I have on here. Do you remember your first action on the mound? Uh, I, I remember the moments leading up to it, but I'm pretty sure I blacked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I remember, so obviously it was Murph had told me the day before. So let me, let me rewind for you a little bit. Okay. We had done the program two days, like the Friday and Saturday before our Sunday doubleheader for fall. The program is like military special ops training with these two people who come in and it's honestly, it was phys- like through physical pain, it was the two most painful days of my life. Oh, wow. Um, I was so sore. I've never done so many push-ups. Mind you, I can't even do push-ups. <laughs> uh, that I could not like let my arms sit down by my sides on Sunday. And Sunday morning, I get a text, and he's like, hey, you're starting the first game. And I was like, I can't move. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the trainer extra early that day and was like, help me, please. <laughs> But, and then I remember, you know, I remember my first time coming into an SEC game was against South Carolina. I think we were winning maybe two to zero, two to one, something like that. Or either way, it was a game within one or two runs. Right. Jackie Trina is pitching. Um, there's no outs. There's bases loaded. And he's like, hey, Sid, come on. And I'm like, excuse me. That's, <laughs> you called my name. And he's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> what? (laughs) And then my first SEC start was the second game of our Missouri series at Missouri for the SEC title. So, you know, he loved throwing me in the fire. Um, and unfortunately I did well that way. So he kept doing it. (laughs) Well, Hey, if it works, why not (laughs) keep doing it? Exactly. You know, know, high functioning anxiety was paying off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Good on Murph. (laughs) Great. So that freshman season, of course, you guys made it to the finals of Women's College World Series. Like that must have been a pretty big eye opener for the first time, you know, that you get to OKC. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, that was, you know, that was something that was always the dream. And, you know, me and my dad would talk about like, oh, what happened? You know, what if we did ever make it to the World Series? And I remember that moment of us actually making it. I, I will say, though, as a freshman, I don't think I, I don't get me wrong. I completely appreciated it. But, you know, as a freshman, you're kind of deer in the headlights right. the whole first season. Yeah. So, you know, I can't imagine how the seniors that year felt making it all the way back to the, the national championship. Because, you know, as you grow in your years as a softball player, especially in college, like each year you I mean, especially my freshman year too. It's like I participated and I participated in some big moments, but I wasn't a normal starter. Mm. And I was, I was fine with that because I, I hadn't earned my time, but it's something that as the years went on, I really started to appreciate how hard the road to OKC was. And, you know, once you get to OKC, it's anybody's game. Like I just, I don't think I had that full understanding of it my freshman year, mm. Because again, you know, we had those seniors coming up in the big moments, hitting home runs or somebody getting a clutch hit, Jackie Trina striking out everybody. Yeah. It was something where I was like, you know, we're expected to win. And and I was happy about that because I'm like, yeah, I'm on the winning team. But yeah. I just don't think I appreciated it as much as maybe the seniors did. But 
still nothing compares to that. No, no, not at all. So what was, uh, what was the biggest learning curve that freshman season? Do you figure? Oh my goodness. Um, so everything, <laughs> uh, it was, I had to learn how to set up hitters. So, you know, I had an injury my senior year. So during high school, I threw gas. Mm. Nobody believes me, but whenever I went to Alabama softball camp, I was the hardest throwing pitcher at Alabama softball camp and all of those things. And, you know, I was pumping 68 in a game. I was throwing hard. And then I tore my tricep. Um, Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. And so whenever it came to, and that was during my last game as a high school softball player. And, you know, we would go to the doctor and they were like, Hey, you know, as far as repairing it, we could repair it, but, we don't know how your body would take to it. You know, it's one of those that like you can go without it, but we don't know how you'll do with it or if you'll do it again. And so it was like, okay, like, let's just not do it then if I can deal without it. So I kind of had a little learning curve there of having to kind of relearn how to pitch. And then I get to Alabama and Steph never said this, but I I can just only imagine they were like, what, (laughs) what (laughs) you used to go hard. What happened? (laughs) But luckily I still had a curveball, but, I think during that time, it was learning to be one. It was learning my own self-confidence and mm. that if I was going to make a statement, I had to believe in myself first to prove like, if I, if I didn't think that I was good enough, then why would anybody else think I'm good enough? Like right. If I think I had to advocate for myself, which I was not used to doing, yeah. I was used to, you know, letting my performance speak for me. Um, but you know, you get to college and sometimes and I'm not saying you have to advocate by going up to the coach and say like, Hey, I'm good enough for this. I can do this. But it's just, you have to do those extra things to advocate for yourself, to show that you belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, because all the coaches think that you belong there, but it's getting that trust of your team right, that you right. have to advocate for. Yeah. Um, and then again, going to like the most analytical, it was learning to set up hitters. So, you know, in high school, it's like you can, and travel ball even, you know, I can be facing a hitter and throw three curveballs in a row, throw them in the exact same place, get, you know, three strikes, whether it's foul, swing and miss, rollover. You, know, you can throw them in the same place where it's like, you know, you get to college. And then even more in the pros, it's like, okay, if they call, say they call a curveball first pitch. Mm-hmm. In college, you know, it's like you want to get ahead immediate. Like you want to get that first pitch strike. And then in, a, in the pros, it's like, hmm are they going to swing at the first pitch or not? Let's see. (laughs) So you kind of have to, it's even more exaggerated in the pros, but it's more of, you know, say we get that first curve as a strike and they call it again. Mm -hmm. If I'm, you know, trying to get in the mind of Steph, it's okay. She doesn't want this in the same place. She wants me to get it out further and maybe a little bit lower based on the hitter's swing path. So that way we can set up a backdoor curve. And again, you know, it's, you don't want to necessarily look too far ahead for the next pitch, Mm -hmm. but again, it's just knowing that, okay, I can't throw it in the same place twice and I need to make this. So that way, if they don't swing, my next pitch looks even better. Yep. Totally get you. Totally get you on that. Um, let's chat about sophomore season, uh, specifically March 8th against Ole Miss. Now <laughs> you threw the first and only perfect game at road stadium. How special was that one? It was that, like, again, I think that was another one of those moments where I totally blacked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just to, 
because you know it was one of those it was like I had thrown a perfect game earlier that season and then so again that's one of the most if it's if not the rarest occurrence you know it's one of them one of the top three so mm-hmm. I didn't ever think that would happen again especially at the college level and so the fact that I was able to do it you know in front of the home crowd my family was there that weekend I mean it worked out that even um you know, some of my friends from my classes were there that weekend. I mean, it was just overall just the most amazing feeling. And it was just one of those that like, I was going through the game and Demi Turner, um, who, you know, I lived with her for a few years. I just remember she kept coming up to me and she was like, well, keep doing what you're doing, Sid. Like, so she was saying it without saying it. And I was like, Demi, shut up. <laughs> so, but you know, I didn't know it was really happening until like the fourth inning. Right. Um, Cause you know, you can get through the first couple innings, but whenever it goes to like the third and the fourth, yeah. that's whenever you really start thinking about it. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, Oh, here we go. Oh, like this is working, you know? And again, just to do that in front of the home crowd and selfishly, um, to have something that like, no matter what pitcher comes in there, um, which I hope they all throw way more perfect games than I did, because that means the program's doing well and mm-hmm. recruiting the right pitchers. But, you know, that's something that no one can ever take away from me yeah. is having the first one in that stadium. So to me, that's just an incredibly cool feeling to know that in some way, shape or fashion, like I left my mark on road stadium mm-hmm. through that. I mean, I hope to have left it in, much better ways than just that perfect game. But yep. again, that's just something that I know that nobody can take away from me. Exactly. Now, hopefully Montana folks hears this and says, okay, let's do this then. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm like, if, if any other pitcher wants to go through and throw like five perfect games in a season, please, yep. by all means. Yep. For sure. For sure. Now, junior season, you capture second team, all American honors. Uh, we got a, Talk about that first weekend in April. You had against number one ranked Florida Gators. You win 2-1 on Friday night opener. Close it out with a 3 nothing shutout on the Sunday. Safe to say confidence was booming after that weekend series. You know, honestly, after that weekend, just because, you know, I had previously lost a national championship to Florida. They were always, you know, in the top five. At that point of the season, that's where, like, it really hit me as far as like, you know what? Like I can be a number one pitcher mm-hmm. and, you know, even if Alexis is really the number one, like I should act like a number one pitcher because I can, because I can do that. I'm not, I'm not a backup. You know, it just, it, and then to the confidence that my team had in me at that point too, right? like they were all just rallying behind me. And again, I just felt, like it was such a cohesive unit. And so again, it's like, no one could, I'm not gonna say no one could tell me anything. Cause I was always like, Steph, what can I do to be better? Right. But it was just one of those, it, it instilled the confidence in me to know that like, you know what? I can run the show. Like I, I want the ball in all these hard situations because I know that my performance, I can do it. Mm-hmm. No, isn't it crazy? Like, you know, as, as a pitcher, once you know that you have the confidence of, like your whole infield outfield behind you. Isn't it funny what it does for you? I mean, yes. And you know, that whole year from my sophomore to junior year, I mean, it it gets into like my personal story. Um, Mm. and I don't want to like bombard you with that, but 
I had grown so much as a person and, you know, I had surgery that summer. I was reconstructive ankle surgery. I had to come back from that fast. I was going through things with my family. I, you know, so I really relied on my team, Mm -hmm. um, just not even for softball stuff, but just like, Hey, like I need help. You know, my mental health, the fall of my junior year was not good. Um, so I really had to lean in on them and the coaching staff too. And I mean, our athletic trainer, our strength coach, I was like, Hey, you know, I got to get better so I can perform for this team, but I got to also like get my ankle better. Like, (laughs) you know, all of these different things were going on in my life. And so I really, and whenever I say like, I really depended on them, I mean, it was, it was very evident, extremely heavy. And so I think that vulnerability and transparency that I had with them was what led to me having such a great junior year. And that was the biggest difference between my sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, playing a whole sophomore year with a broken ankle and then going into your junior year with a prepared one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, again, just being extremely vulnerable with the team and extremely transparent and, you know, confiding in them emotionally, mentally, physically through every avenue possible um, and really working to better myself and mental health through going to therapy, seeing a sports psychologist and a regular psychologist, just all of those things put together. It was like that weekend, it, it just all seemed to kind of come together. And it was like, you know what? Like they trust me. I trust them. Like, let's freaking do it. And yeah. so that's kind of where it came from, right honestly. On. Right on. Actually, I, I actually didn't know about the, the whole ankle surgery. We, do we need our ankles to pitch? Do we? <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> how, long the, how long was the recovery? Um, well, <laughs> it's a funny story. So <laughs> again, my whole sophomore year, I walked around in a boot because all the ligaments in my foot in my left foot, which is my landing foot, yep. except for one, um, except for my posterior tibialis was torn. Um, oh. so I couldn't even lift my toes. So I had this like hard plastic casing. And if you go back and look at pictures, you'll see that from my sophomore year. It was like, I had this hard plastic casing on the outside of my foot that allowed me to be able to pitch. Um, that's insane. So, I know, I know it was crazy. Um, and then, so after my sophomore year, I had that surgery and it was supposed to be like, it was a heavy reconstruction. So it's supposed to be a six month recovery, mm. but that fall, you know, coming in August, September, Alexis Osorio needed some repair on her. She had a surgical need that she had to get done and she needed to get it done before season. We had a pitcher um, who medically got released. And then we had another pitcher who was a freshman and ended up getting rhabdo like during the, during the fall. So then it was like Murph came to me and was like, hey, um, so I know you're only three months out of surgery, but you're the healthiest one we got. So you're going to start <laughs> the first fall game. And I was like, my arm hasn't gone in a circle since June. So what do you mean? <laughs> and actually that first game was against Middle Tennessee and it was at Middle Tennessee and we lost it. Um, which, you know, of course, everybody was on social media like, oh my God, yeah. like, they have programs down the drain. And I'm like, if y'all knew 
Like I literally have been pitching for maybe a week yeah. and I'm not even a hundred percent. Like I'm not even cleared at this point. I mean, I was, I was, I was cleared to pitch. Right. You're right. Yeah. Like they were pushing me past my limits, but it was like, I, I hadn't practiced pitching in three months and I was the only pitcher available. And then, you know, we had, um, freshman Maddie Moore was behind me and it was her first time pitching. And again, she was recovering from rhabdomyosis. So it's like, we had all of this stuff going on. And so it just, it was quite the show, Mm. but, and then, you know, we get to the spring and then everything kind of clicked together and it was like, okay. Well, yeah, that's the thing. At least it was fall and, and, you know, not the end of February. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So of course, you close out your senior season super regionals against who else but the Florida Gators. Um, yeah, we keep talking about Florida Gators and the fact that you're with them kind of. The fact that I'm here is just great. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, if you don't believe in God, that's one thing. But I do. I do. And I'm a very religious person. I'm like, God, you have a sense of humor. And I don't know if I like you picking on me like this. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, after that, the senior season Florida Gators. How, how emotional was that for you? Um, you know, it, it was extremely emotional again, cause I, I was still going through some things personally that I feel like I left that game or that, that season the end of my senior season. And kind of the reason I didn't, you know, keep playing at that point. One, I was, I was hurting. I needed hip surgery. Um, I had a torn meniscus in my right knee and then, just, you know, after years of throwing, my arm felt like it was going to fall off. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that's the only year we didn't go to the world series right. for my, my career. And again, we still had a great season. We battled through some things, but it was one of those things that at that point, like I was mad at the game, oh. you know, and I'm, I was, I was mad. I don't know if it was, I was more mad at myself because I really wanted to finish in OKC. Um, but I was, I was mad at the game. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. I I am done. And I say that not to say I was hard and cold, like it was extremely emotional, mm. but, um, I will say after that game and after it like settled in, I was like, you know what? Like I'm done. I'm ready to close that chapter yep. and I'm, I'm not in a good place with the game. So I guess that's time. It's time for me to go. Yeah. But but here we are again. I was, I was, I, I, I was going to say like, so at that point, it's 2017, you're done with the game. What did you have on the go between then and last year? So, um, I'll, I will start off by saying that, uh, identity crisis is an extremely real thing. And I went through it really hard. Oh yeah. Uh, so I had moved to Houston, um, with my fiance at the time, who is now my husband, mm-hmm. He had proposed uh, during my senior season. And so it was one of those things that I was like, I, you know, he made that commitment to me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm moving to Houston. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be this badass businesswoman. I'm going to be successful. And reality hit me very hard. (laughs) Um, I mean, it came to a point, you know, it's like nobody would hire me because I was an athlete. I'm like, isn't that what you want? (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, you know, it's one of those things where people were like, you know, we appreciate you that you were an athlete, you know, you have all these amazing qualities, but you don't have any job experience. So if you want to work for free for us for a little while and get some experience that way, then maybe we can hire you. And I was like, 
well, that's not fun. No. <laughs> no. So I ended up like working in finance for six months on a hundred percent commission, which I didn't know what really what that meant at the time. And then I figured that out very quickly. Um, and I just was, I was not, not myself and you know, I was depressed. I was, I didn't know who I was, but, and I'm not even going to say it's because of being without the game. That was definitely a major part of it because I did identify myself as an athlete an mm-hmm. athlete only. But it was more of like, I didn't have my automatic friend group that I had every day. Don't get me wrong. I had Alex, my husband, but that's all I had. So, you know, it was really hard, you know, getting in the same rut of going to work every day and then coming home. And I was like, is this all that life is like waiting for the weekend? So that way I can sleep because I'm tired all the time. Like, is is this it? Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. And so I was really upset about it. And then, of course, you know, we go to get. 2018 comes around, I get a new job. And thankfully I did because, and it was one that paid pretty well because then my husband loses his job. Then we get married and things are great. I'm back with my team again at the wedding. It was amazing. And then, you know, 2019 comes around. We moved to Birmingham. We're at UAB for six months. I get into commentating at that time. And so that brought me back to the game, which made me extremely happy. Um, and to feel like I was still connected with the game mm-hmm. that had given me so much was, it was a good outlet. And then 2020 comes around. So we were in Birmingham for six months and then we moved to Starkville, Mississippi, um, where I can still commentate for softball. So I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm, I'm back in school, you know, getting my master's in nutrition because I wanted a career that was a little bit more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing that. And then COVID hits. So then I'm no longer commentating because it ruins softball season. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, so I'm doing my dietetic internship, getting involved in sports nutrition. And so I'm just finding my way back into college athletics. And I say living vicariously through my athletes that I had, but whenever I say that, I mean, you know, I was just enjoying being in that team environment again. And, um, the tweet was going around about athletes unlimited and hosting a tryout. And so, you know, I was telling some of my athletes about it, you know, just kind of joking around. They're like, no, why don't you do it? And I was like, you know what? You're right. So then it's like, I talked to my husband about it and, you know, I had a few reasons for going into this. It's one of those things that, you know, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to be in the pros, Mm -hmm. you know, that's every little softball player's dream, especially like since the Olympics weren't going on at the time, it was like, I wanted to be in the pros. And I really despise people (laughs) that go around saying like, Oh, well, you know, I could have been a college athlete. I could have done that. Or I could have been a pro athlete, but you know, I just, I just didn't want to work hard enough. I I despise people that say that, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, even people that are like, you know, I could have been a division one athlete, but I blew out my knee. Again, I understand that, but it's still is one of those things. It's like, but you didn't. So please don't speak like you were in their shoes. That's right. Yep. Um, so that's something that despises me. So it was like, I didn't want to walk around saying that, like, I had a chance to be a pro, but I just didn't do it because I was ready to walk away from the game. Like, I didn't want that excuse. And I didn't want to be that person because, again, I despise those people. Mm-hmm. Two, well, one was it's always been a dream. And then. So, and then two was that reason. And then three, you know, I don't have children yet, um, but I will one day. Mm -hmm. And I just have this feeling that it's going to be girls. And, you know, 
if it, even if it's a boy, that's still fine too. Yep. Um, honestly, I think I would prefer a boy in some cases. And so that's why I think it's going to be girls. <laughs> again, of course, yes. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, it's something where, you know, I see the discrepancies versus in men's versus women's sports and specific, specifically in softball. Mm-hmm. And again, do I know the solution? Absolutely not. But I wanted to get back in it because I wanted to be able to tell my daughters one day, and even if they're not daughters, if they're sons, my children one day, that I exhausted every possibility to get to the pros. And if they're girls, like I took my chance. So that way, you know, if you decide to play sports, hopefully you have somebody to look up to. Um, That was a trailblazer Mm -hmm. in women's sports, specifically for softball. You know, I wanted to be able to tell my kids that I did that and that I, again, I worked hard for it and that all hard work brings a profit, no matter if, even if, you know, you don't make it, it'll still bring great reward. And again, just to be a role model for them and to be able to kind of, you know, my actions speak louder than my words. So then just saying it, I actually did it. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to my husband about it. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't really give him an option. I just kind of told him that I was going to do it. Of course. Yes. <laughs> but you know, he fully supported me. And at the time we were at Mississippi state and the softball program there, you know, they let me use their facilities to train. And so I was extremely grateful for that. And I had six weeks and that's not a lot of time for somebody who is not pitched in three and a half years. Definitely not. No. Nope. And, you know, I had gone through a partial hip replacement um, that I had in 2019. Finally got my hip fixed and all that. So, you know, I had a lot to adjust. <laughs> I guess you did. Yeah, I kind of had to adjust the complete way I pitched. Yeah. And so, you know, that took some time figuring out. And I knew whenever I went to tryouts um, in Rosemont that I was not ready. Hmm. But the mentality that I had going into that tryout was, again, I've told you that I'm extremely competitive. And so in my mind, I'm like, I absolutely have to be the best pitcher here. Mm-hmm. So I was, I got caught in the comparison trap. Like, okay, what is that person doing? Cause I need to be better. Yeah. Was this person doing? Cause I need to be better. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's a tough trap it, to fall into too. Yeah. Yes. And, so, and especially, you know, I had been out of the game for three and a half years. So it's like, and I was a different pitcher because of, you know, I had to change some form stuff and based on surgeries and everything else. And, and again, I knew I wasn't fully prepared. So, or I wasn't fully prepared. So I had that anxiety playing a part and mm. that's whenever the comparison trap came in. Yeah. So I did not have a good performance at trials. You know, everybody's like, Oh, well you still should have made it. And, 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 you know, I will be the first person to tell you absolutely not. I should not have made it because one, I wasn't ready. Two, I didn't put on a good performance. And three, I didn't have the presence of a professional pitcher out there on the mound. Right. Like, I, I will absolutely tell you that and be completely honest about it. Mm-hmm. Do I wish I still would have made it by like a sympathy vote? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of I, course. Did I earn a spot there? No. Right. And so then after trials, you know, I come home and I'm like, you know, that really sucks. I'm, I'm heartbroken. Here I am again, heartbroken from the game. So I guess I'm done. And then I start getting messages through social media about going to play in the Europe Cup. And I, you know, I'm getting messages from Sweden, from Czech Republic, from all of these different places. 
And I'm like, you know what? If I'm just going to go for like a month and play in the Europe Cup, why not? Yep. It's I'm, I'm in school. I, I've never been much of a travel bug person, but through the pandemic, I was like, man, I need to get out there and freaking live my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Same and with so, us all. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And so I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, if anything, this is the time to do it. I'm in school. It's not like I'm making money. It's not like I'm going to be leaving anything behind. Like, I need to go do something, have an experience, something that I can remember for the rest of my life. Now, going through that, it was the Europe cup was going to be during football camp. So I was really upset that I wasn't going to be able to take my husband with me. Uh, yeah. So I went with the next best thing and was like, Hey mom. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> let's go to Europe. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember whenever I was talking to Ruth, which is the team in Amsterdam that I ended up going to play with or in the Netherlands. Let me say yep. they would get that if I said in Amsterdam, cause they're technically not in Amsterdam. They're outside of Amsterdam. So Holland, but you know, that team, it, I had actually had some connections with them. So, you know, Alabama softball after my freshman year went to go play in Amsterdam and, you know, we stayed at this bed and breakfast. I can't pronounce the name of it because it's Dutch. So I will spare everybody from that. (laughs) But the owner of that bed and breakfast, his daughter plays on roof. So it was like a full circle moment of like, wow, I could go back and like, and actually like we stayed a night my mom and I did in the same bed and breakfast that wow. we stayed at. That's pretty yeah. cool. So it was really cool kind of full circle moment. But whenever I was communicating with them, you know, it was, I could, I could bring my mom. She could travel with, with us. They would make sure she was taken care of as well. And, you know, my mom had always wanted to go to Europe. My dad, my dad had never wanted to really go. He didn't want to fly overseas. So it was like, it was an opportunity where I knew I could take my mom And she would be taken care of and she would get to enjoy it too. So that's why I went with Ruth. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you want to talk about the best experience of a lifetime. I mean, they treated us so well. I mean, it was the first time in over 10 years that a team for the Netherlands had meddled in Europe, Europe cup. So we made history. And then, I mean, just the experience that I got to bond with all of those girls, they welcomed me in and they really ignited my love for the game again. Nice. Um, nice. They, I mean, they took me in, you know, I'm weird. I'm strange. I'm awkward. And they just absolutely embraced it and rallied around it and made me feel like I was a part of a team again. And it, that it was, it was like, I, at that moment or during that time, I was like, wow, like the game of softball has taken me so many places. Like how, how could I ever be mad at this game that has given me so much? <laughs> Yeah, really though. I mean, so, I mean, how did, uh, so I'm guessing AUX came out of your success over in Euro cup. Uh, yeah, I would say so. And, you know, then we moved to Florida and I had been in communication with Amanda Lorenz. Uh, she was a volunteer assistant last year. And so Mm -hmm. it was like, I was talking to her about like, Hey, you know, what's a good coffee shop. (laughs) And, you know, she had reached out to me and, uh, April, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I had, I had seven weeks to prepare for AUX, but I had only been not pitching for like three months at this time. So right. that's a big difference. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, she had reached out and was like, Hey, you know, we're looking for people to play in AUX. Um, cause we need, we need pitchers. Like, is that something you would even be interested in? I don't know if you're throwing. And I was like, if y'all can let me use your practice facility, then absolutely. I would be interested because <laughs> at the time I was working, you know, part-time as a nutrition assistant. So it's not like I was making a lot of money. And so 
I was going to make more money doing that. And plus, again, it's the opportunity to play pro in the States. Like, why would I pass that up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I get to talking to Victoria Hayward and Sherry. And so we get all the AUX stuff worked out. And, you know, then stuff starts going around that there's going to be another tryout at, at the end of AUX to try out for a championship season. Mm-hmm. And um, I had let, who was it that I, t- I think it was Sherry that I had told like, Hey, I want to try out or maybe it was Victoria Hayward. But I was like, Hey, I do want to try out. So, you know, y'all keep that in your back pocket. Like, mm-hmm. let me know if there's enough spots. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. So anyways, I go on to training for AUX and honestly, my training was relatively the same. Um, it was a little bit more fine tuned and I used a little bit more visual aids, but it was definitely a lot of mentality. Like I gave myself some grace on days where I didn't have good bullpens and I just wanted to go into AUX with the mentality of like, if this is the last time that I play softball, I just want to have fun. Like I don't want to put pressure on myself. Like I did at tryouts last year and leave with a bitter taste in my mouth. Uh You know, I just want to enjoy the game. You know, I'll, I'll get the dream of being able to tell my kids that I played professional softball in the States. And so like, I've already, I've already made it. So Mm -hmm. at this point, I just need to enjoy all of my hard work and accomplishments. And that was a huge mentality shift for me. And, you know, it worked. Um, That was not in the plan for it to work, but it did. (laughs) And so, you know, halfway through AUX, they start talking about the tryout again. And so I messaged Sherry and I was like, Hey, I just want you to know that like, I do want to try out. I just need y'all to let me know if like you can use my AUX performance as my tryout, or if I need to participate in the tryout, that's the day after AUX, which I was really hoping they would say they could use my performance in AUX because at that point we had thrown so much in such yeah in two weeks that I was like, that four hour tryout, I'm going to be absolutely toast. And my performance is not going to reflect <laughs> me in a good light. Yeah. So, you know, they, at that point they were like, yeah, we can use your performance. Like it'll be up to the PEC. And then that next series, I was on a team with Victoria Hayward and, you know, we were all in a circle doing our pregame gate where it's like somebody asks a question, everybody goes around and shares their answer. Um, and Victoria at the end was like, Hey, um, one more question or one more thing we got to go over. Hey, Sydney, you want to join us for AUX or for AU championship season three? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I started crying and it was all, it was just like, it was an amazing moment. And then, so then of course, you know, we lead into AU and again, here we are. That's awesome. That's actually, I got a funny story before we get to season three. I got a funny story because I mean, since AU started, I've been such a, on the bandwagon of it, supporting it on ah. here. Like you would not believe, like, I love it. So, I mean, yes. you know, I've, I've been following it since day one. I've had Sam on here. I've had Vic, I've had Kat, everybody. Like I try to get as many athletes from there on here to talk to. Right. So I could, I was watching AUX and I can still remember watching you for the first time. And you threw that curveball and I was like, whoa, uh, what was that? And so I, I, I rewound it like eight to nine times. And then I realized I'm probably going to see this again. Why am I rewinding this? But that, that was my first impression. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. 
Yeah. And I, you know, the best compliment I've ever received as a pitcher came in um, AU and it was from Danielle O'Toole. And she doesn't even know that this like hit me in my heartstrings, but it did because, you know, I take everything that she says to heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said, you know, watching you pitch is like watching art happen because, you know, what you're able to do is something that, you know, nobody else can do. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, am I crying? Absolutely. <laughs> totally, totally tugging on the heartstrings. Huh? Yes. And you know, I made a joke, but I'm also absolutely for real, but that was something that a sport, my sports psychologist in college went over with me and it was actually during my junior year. Um, cause you know, I always wanted to throw hard since I couldn't throw hard anymore. And everybody knew that I was going to throw a curveball. I just was going to throw different variations of it. And right. so he was like, you know what? You need to embrace who you are. And I was like, you know what, Brett, you're right. And he goes, you are raising Cain's chicken. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, let me explain. He goes, what do you get whenever you go to raising Cain's chicken? I said, chicken. chicken. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's damn good chicken though. Right. And I was like, well, yeah. And he goes, and you know, going there, you're going to get chicken. Right. And I was like, Yes. And he goes, well, what do you, what do you get? What are you going to get if you go to the cheesecake factory? I was like, Oh, I don't know. And he goes, it's a big menu. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, think about that as like somebody with a lot of pitches. It's great. You know, but depends on the day, depends on what you're in the mood for. He said, so that's where you come in. You are raising Kane's chicken. Everyone knows that you're going to throw a curveball, but it's a damn good curveball. And, you know, during whenever it's your time to shine, like it's your freaking time to shine. So you need to own it. And that's who you are. Like you are a specialist. Wow. And I was like, you know what? This is the craziest metaphor I've ever heard, but it works. What words of wisdom. It. That's fantastic. Right. Wow. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so that stuck with me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No doubt. So by you going to this, is it a two year contract that you get? Uh, no, they have started giving out two-year contracts, but mine is just a one-year. Just a one-year. So I'm still waiting to hear back mm -hmm. if I'm going to be offered another contract. But I'm hoping that, you know, there's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm speaking it into existence that I will be invited back for one more time. We all are then. We definitely yeah. all are. Yeah. So for you personally, what's the, what's the best thing about AU? Again, I'd have to say the people and just being in an environment like that challenges you um, mentally, physically, emotionally. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's the grind. Oh, it's, but you know, we're having the difficult conversations like, okay, I'm at this point in my life. I feel like I'm not being the best wife I can be to my husband. And it's a, and you know, I'm sitting around with these girls and they're like, well, why is that? I tell them the reason why. And they're like, well, what, let's fix that. What can we do to make you the best wife? So it's like being in a very empowering environment mm. that, you know, just one makes you feel like you're on cloud nine. Cause you're like, I need somebody to hype me up and tell me I'm pretty, <laughs> you know, they are 100% going to be your hype girls. Yeah. And two, it's again, just being in an empowering environment. That's going to challenge you not only to be a better player, cause you're playing against the best in the country, but also to just be a better person. And then, you know, you get into the competition and, I feel like just playing in this one season of AU and AUX too yeah. has elevated my game so much. I mean, I have so much I want to work on before next year, but it's just a, 
it's a whole, I'm not going to say it's a completely different mindset, but it is so different from college. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, you know, being not saying that commentating like was a super power thing, but, you know, looking at the game from that angle and being analytical of it and then having the college experiences and playing, you know, in Europe professionally, I think all of those different experiences did help me in AU as far as like, I wasn't comparing myself to who I was in college. Mm. I was like, you know what? I am a different pitcher. So I need to go with what's working. If it's not working like it used to, fine. So be it. Because mm-hmm. in college, I had a rise ball. For the life of me, I cannot throw a rise ball now because it hurts my hip, <laughs> you know, whenever I land. I oh, yeah. can't find yeah. a way to get in that position. So that's something I want to have before next year. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I can't, you can't dwell on anything. You give up a home run. So what? Next pitch. Let's yep. go. But you have to move fast. Otherwise, because the game moves so fast. Six runs can go up on the board in a heartbeat. I have never seen anything like it. And just knowing, too, like, it really teaches you to celebrate everything. <laughs> I get a swinging strike, like a swing and miss. Oh, my God. I am queen of the world. Like, <laughs> you literally cannot tell me anything. I get a strikeout. You better watch out because I am a whole new person that you do not want to yeah, deal with. I got more <laughs> points. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, it's just, you know, and as far as the leaderboard goes, I mean, it's being thrown in your face. So it's like you pay attention to it in that regard. But everybody really does tries their best not to pay attention to it because at the end of the day, it comes down to team points. Yeah. That's what everybody else has said on here too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's one of those that like I can, I, and I've, it's, this has happened where I go a weekend where I pitch great, but my team did not win any games. Therefore I dropped 20 spaces on the leaderboard. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, it just, it, so it keeps the the team points involved, but you know, it's just, there's always an opportunity to make something happen. And again, if you dwell on it, like you better get your butt out of that game because it's going to get away from you real fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now I'll, I'm going to continuously hype AU as long as it's gone. Cause I mean, everything like from, you know, Savannah to, with her little mic on there doing interviews to Jade and her photo. How awesome is Jade and her oh photo God. work? Oh, she is literally one of my favorite people. Oh, I had her on the podcast here about a month and a half ago. And that was awesome. Like Jade is I mean, a you ball. Should, you can't meet a better and more selfless person. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one thing I, I got to talk before we get to the final segment. I know you were part of Chitty's last game there, first firsthand too, being on her team. How amazing was it to see her hit that home run in her last at bat? Oh my god, uh, that is probably top three, one of my most favorite softball moments in the history of softball. It was unreal, absolutely unreal, and that that's one of those where you like, you can't help but say the game knows. Yep, yep, one hundred. Like the game. The game knows, and that goes with everything as far as the game knows if you're putting in work. The game knows the legacy that you are leaving. The game knows who you are as a person and like your inside and out and who, again, what your thoughts are, who you really are on the inside, if you are self selfless, if you are selfish. And I feel like that was just the most amazing ending to an amazing and storied career. And, you know, Chitty already holds a special place in my heart because she was my first captain Mm -hmm. um, at AUX. You know, she selected me and I don't know if she selected me by her will or because people were like, you know what, give her a shot. Why not? Nobody knows what she's (laughs) going to throw. So, but because of that, 
and you know, she was the one who decided my first start in the pros. So like to me, she just, she just has a special place in my heart for that. Um, and giving me those memories and giving me a chance, but that moment, Oh my gosh. Like that was when I want, I had a tear running down my eye because I was like this, you just couldn't write a better ending. No, absolutely not. I mean, and now she's assistant coach with Michigan. Michigan's in, in good hands there for sure. I mean, right. Like, good <laughs> Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we got a thing that I like to end the podcast with. I call it player association. I'm going to throw out some names to you and okay. you, uh, if you have a story, let her fly. I mean, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> First one on the docket, Demi Turner. Oh, Demi Turner. Uh, so many memories. She, you know, me and her lived together. So she was, well, she still is one of my ride or dies. She was a bridesmaid in my wedding. Um, unfortunately, you know, at during both of her big injuries that she had, I was pitching and I was like, Demi, why would you do this to me while I'm pitching? Because I'm also your roommate. So of course I have that little extra sense of, Oh my God, that's my roommate. What am I going to do? Um, but, and you know, she helped coordinate whenever Alex proposed to me. Um, we went to Alex and I, whenever we lived in Houston, we went a year to her family's Thanksgiving to a Greek Thanksgiving um, whenever I got my wedding dress, her mom held it for me at her house for months. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So very close to Demi Turner. Awesome. Uh, next is, this might be a running theme here. Jaden Spencer. Oh my God. My, um, probably, I mean, definitely one of my best friends, my husband's favorite of one of my friends, <laughs> um, favorite Bama softball teammate. And then she is a person who helped me really embrace who I was, uh, knowing that I was weird. I was different. I was, you know, awkward, whatever it may be. She really brought that out of me and helped me become confident in who I was. And um, whenever I was going through some traumatic times, she was a person that was very close to me. Um, she was a voice of reason and an absolute true friend. And um, she was very involved in my wedding. She was also a bridesmaid in my wedding. Pretty sure if we have girls, my husband and I are going to name one of them after her because she has such a special place in our <laughs> lives. So. Jeez, that's pretty, that's pretty good. If you're going to name, name a daughter after her though. <laughs> yeah. In some way, shape, form or fashion. Does that mean the daughter's name is going to be Tortuga? Cause that would be what we yelled at each other during the game. I hope not, but in some form or fashion, oh, wow. our daughter will have Jaden Spencer's name in some way. Right on, right on. Uh, next your pitching counterpart, Alexis Osorio. Another, are you just calling out all my bridesmaids? I um, didn't know they were all your bridesmaids, actually. Yes, because Alexis Osorio was also my bridesmaid. Also another person in my life who could not have been more opposite from who I was um, or who I am still. But that's what made us work together so well mm. as pitchers and as friends. I mean, I'm the one... If there's, you know, I have an extremely short fuse, so I blow up on people, whereas like you could literally poke her all day long, be the most annoying person. And she's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and I'm over here. If you even like smack your gum for like three smacks, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so, but, you know, she really helped me 
as a pitcher, learn not to sweat the small stuff and how to be a quiet competitor and, you know, a silent assassin, if you will. Right. And, you know, now that she's coaching, I can't imagine all of the lives that she is impacting. And, you know, she just got engaged as well. So oh, congrats. I would say happy and congrats to her. Um, it's about time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, just a very important person in my life. Right on. Two, two more here. Uh, next one, friend of the show, one of my favorite people ever. Uh, I did my research. I think you guys were teammates for either five or six of your weeks, including AUX and AU, Sam Fisher. Oh my God, Sam Fisher. Um, one of, now one of my absolute best friends. She has made me a, a reader, which I used to hate reading, but now I'm actually getting into where I really like reading some books. What, Harry um, Potter? <laughs> yes, I love Harry Potter. I actually sent her a Twitter message about a Harry Potter wand that I think we should get <laughs> that's in there to that today. But, you know, to me now at this point, because we've been on it, we were on every team we had at AUX we were together hmm. and then the scrimmage team at AU, we were together. And again, a couple weekends of AU, we were together. So any time I'm not with Sam on a team, I feel like a part of me is missing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we found out that me and her are actually ex very similar. Now she may not claim that, but I do. Uh, <laughs> we are both Enneagram one wing twos. Uh, so again, that goes into high functioning anxiety and very organized, but also there's just look up Enneagram one wing two, and it's me and her to a T. Uh, we have a lot of similarities. And I mean, she's such a fun person to be around and, you know, someone again, who doesn't sweat the small stuff mm -hmm. and you can't tell by how she acts on the field and outside of the game, if she's had a good or a bad game, you are going to get the exact same person day in and day out. And yeah. in that way, she is extremely consistent. And so she's definitely somebody, again, that has ignited my love for the game and watching her celebrate and getting to celebrate her whenever she succeeds is one of my favorite parts of playing softball. Awesome. Absolutely. Love her. <laughs> uh, last but not least, your coach for four seasons, Murph, Coach Patrick Murphy. Oh my God. Murph dog. Um, definitely an important figure in my life. And even though he doesn't have any children, I would consider him a father figure in my life. Um, he changed my life in many ways and saved me as well. Uh, made like just the fact that he took a chance on me. I mean, you know, I always tell people don't look at my, like, especially students that I used to have been pitching lessons. I was like, don't look at my college experience and expect the same thing mm. <laughs> because I set the bar really high. I mean, I, you know, he gave me the opportunity to win an SEC championship, to play for a national championship, to be the first person in my family to get a master's degree. You know, I, my husband got to propose to me on that field. Like, are you kidding me? Um, so, you know, the experience and the lifelong friendships that he has put into my life is something that I could never repay him for. Um, and even still the person he is today, like anytime I'm interviewing for a new job or something like he's still a reference. So he gets those emails like, please write a reference. For <laughs> and I always text him and I'm like, you know what? You have known me at my highest and you have known me at my lowest. So whatever you want to tell these people, like I trust you. Um, you know, you can be completely honest with them 
Because again, like he has played such a major part in my life. And, you know, I, I, I'm not starting rumors or anything. When I, I know he's going to retire one day mm. and I'm going to be so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and cause I just, you know, I, it's one of those things I like, even with Steph, you know, Steph's head coach at Memphis now, and I right. could not be more happy, but it's like, now I'm going to go there and be like, wait, <laughs> where, where's my kitchen coach. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for the day that he decides to retire. I will be, again, I will be extremely excited for him, but also I'm going to call him and be like, wait, Murph, like you were supposed to wait for my daughters to um, grow up and go to college. So like, and coach them. you still have over 20 years left. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, I mean, again, just somebody, and you know, I'm not afraid to say it, but he's weird and awkward too. So he's one of us. Yeah. And, so especially now getting to know him outside of being a player, now being an alum, like mm. again, getting to know that he is just as weird and just as awkward as we are. Like he's such a good time to be around. Oh, that's awesome. What a beautiful way to end it. Well, yeah, Sid, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been fantastic. Oh, no, thank you for the opportunity. Again, anytime I get to talk softball with anybody, I'm all about it. Absolutely. Well, listen, I wish you nothing but the best move forward. Hopefully, I'm, we're going to be seeing you in season four of AU. Uh, best of luck to the Florida Gators this season of football. Absolutely. And <laughs> hey, stay safe during this hurricane, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're probably going to lose power tomorrow, but you know, we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, glad we got to talk today. Absolutely. All right, Sid, take care. Feeling out of commission, I call you up in a minute. You come on over, I hit it. I'm the one who said he's never gonna do it, but did it. Yeah, your love is addictive. Without the hugging and kissing, you got me breaking the bank, got me spending my dough. I love the way that you taste and leave your scent on my clothes. You take my breath away, choked up, literally. My body felt the pain those couple days when we broke up. You killing me. Yeah, my parents tried to pre-war me But now we higher than E-40 and King Gordy When I'm in the studio recording, it seems boring Until you come around each morning and reward me Losing my nerves when I was feeling them tight Yeah, I'm falling in love, but kept me up every night We've been together for years, I can't believe that it lasted I love you till you're gone and you're nothing but ashes You smoking, girl Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902 
499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.